It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hello, hello, welcome in. It's the PHNX Cardinals podcast, your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like and subscribe, leave us a five-star. Huge shout out to our friends over at OGs. We're flavoring Fridays here, the official sponsor of Fridays here. OGs, not your average cannabis-infused gummy. They knock it out of the park just like this podcast. Head on over to OGsBrands.com for the full lineup. I'm Johnny Venerable. He is Bo Brock. Little preview show action today. The Arizona Cardinals with their two wins head to Pittsburgh. Sands, several key offensive playmakers. We'll see, Bo Brock. But as folks come in the chat, we might have to suit up. Who's ready to play wideout <laughs> Pittsburgh this Sunday? No big deal, right? You don't need uh, top playmakers against one of the top defenses in the league, especially in turnovers, to uh, keep pace with the 7 4 Steelers team. Look, it's flavoring Fridays. We're not going to. Take down the mood right out of the gates. Uh, we'll talk maybe some some good news, right? Like yeah. Trey McBride, good to go. Trey McBride Trey saying I'm I'm ready to continue and and just strengthen my hold and grasp on tight end one for the for the interim and and going forward the future of this Arizona Cardinals organization is Trey McBride. So it's uh, knocking off the groin injury, right? That they were precautious about. He was out there on the on the stationary bike for the previous two practices. And then out there looking pretty spry today, Johnny venerable. And then talk to him in the locker room. He's like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. He also said this. I, I told him, I was like, you're going to, you're coming up on a couple, you know, franchise marks as far as receiving yards for a tight end that only Zach Ertz has approached. What do you think about these? Like, I don't give it. I don't give a crap about those stats at all. I just want to go out there and make plays for my team. Love that mentality from Trey. I put it, something on Twitter today. Like, first of all, I there was no doubt in my mind he was going to play because he's a warrior and uh, he's a cornerstone piece of this franchise. And some people say, oh, he's a good player. He's not a cornerstone player. Uh, I'm sorry. If Trey McBride on this team is not one of their best cornerstone building blocks as a second-year tight end, who who is, right? I know a lot of people tongue-in-cheek smartass would say, well, they have none. It's a terrible roster. No, no, no. He's a really good player. Cardinals need him. He is, in my opinion the most important pass catcher, wide receiver, running back, wide tight end or otherwise that they have for the rest of the year because he represents the present and the future. Uh, so I don't, it doesn't really bother me. Trey McBride didn't get a bunch of work this week. Hollywood Brown though, didn't practice all week, but is still going to play. Like I, even if he plays like that's not a good recipe for success. Is it Bo? Like I, that, that bothers me a little bit. Well, it's the alternative. 
Right. That, no, I have no, I have no problem with it. It's just, <laughs> like I, I know the alternative is times are tough and, right. you're, and you know, Andre Bocelli's out there against Mika Fitzpatrick and company. That's right. rough too. But yeah, that, I mean, at the end of the day, it is what it is, but very, very few franchises operate this way. It's like, eh, he's not gonna, it's, this isn't Plexico Burris circa 2010 right. where he gets to take the whole week off and he goes for about a buck 15, two tutties. Like what, what's the deal with Hollywood Brown? What's going on? Uh, I mean, the guy's getting his ass kicked. I mean, not as far as, you know, by a, opponents or anything like that. But, I mean, the you, guy has... his ass in practice? What's going I mean, on? No, I mean, I think his, it's just the wear and tear of the season. Yeah. You talk about times are tough. I mean, I, I saw him after the Rams game in the, in the locker room, and the guy just looked like he got into a bar fight. Like, you know, his, his chief cheek was puffy he had the heel issue he's gimping out of there and it, it was it was not he didn't look great and you know talking to jonathan gannon today who said that hollywood actually was trending in the right direction nice. um and then he doesn't end up on the on the practice field i mean it's encouraging and i think if there's one person that could stand the miss time with kyler murray it's probably hollywood brown still not ideal no doubt about it. And, you know, I'm sure our guy Howard Baltzer or our Arizona Cardinals beat reporter will, will tell you about just about the same when he joins us later on this podcast. But, uh, I mean, I think this was just a necessary week where they needed Hollywood Brown after, you know, dealing with hamstring injuries, thumb injuries, heel injury now. Um, you know, he, he, obviously something happened where he took a shot to his face. Like, Hollywood Brown just needed some – just some R and R. He just needed some rest and relaxation just during the practice times. And I'm sure he's getting up to speed and, and staying uh, as far as sharp, as far as his mental years. So he can go out there and hopefully perform on Sunday. I mean, we did, we did, I know statistically we saw the best performance from Hollywood Brown since Kyler returned on Sunday, but we know that a lot of those were empty calories, right? A big 35 yard plus reception in the fourth quarter during garbage time, like, really kind of made that that game from a stinker look decent in the box score. So, yeah, I think you're you're just looking for Pete, who's available. Michael Wilson's not. Uh, Zach Pascal just welcomed a new member to his family. Congratulations, Pascal, for having a baby boy. But he's going to be joining the team late. Uh, will he be playing catch up? Um, and then we know about Greg Dorch. But to your point about Trey McBride, I mean, when the when the Arizona Cardinals in in the short sample size of Kyler Murray being back when this offense has been successful, it's through Trey McBride, and I think they need to feed that beast come Sunday. There's there's one more thing that's more important than Trey McBride finding success and finding him often in this game, uh, and I can save it for later or I can get into it now, Johnny, because it well, just, I mean it's it's James Conner. It's James uh, getting the, the ball uh, 50 plus times in this game real quick before we get into James Conner. I do want to say like Hollywood Brown, I think the expectations, at least from my vantage point, a lot of people are very low, right? So I think this is a week for Hollywood Brown to really help himself, right? I don't know if it's going to lead to an extension or, or a renewed lease on being a you know wide receiver one or two next year, but like, if there's a if there's a game where the expectations have never been lower, it's this game. You don't practice all week. Thought of as a, a player that can't separate. We're going to talk about that later in the show. The vaunted Pittsburgh defense. Their back seven's fantastic. Mika Fitzpatrick is back off of injury. Uh, they're the phenomenal standout safety. But listen, Hollywood Brown goes out there and guts it out and helps the Cardinals be productive. God forbid, win this game. 
mm-hmm. he's going to buy himself a lot of fans locally within the team because right now we're looking at a situation where the receivers are in a huge indictment of this offense right now. We've covered it at nauseum. Like the, the receivers are holding the offense back. Michael Wilson's absence plays a part in that. And then their inability to get off press man. Hollywood yeah. Brown is the default, fair or not, number one receiver. He can go out there and get chunk plays because I've seen people, Amari Cooper, et cetera, have success against the Steelers secondary. Hollywood Brown, you know, does the Paul Pierce comes out, you know, off the wheelchair doesn't have diarrhea, but instead, you know, puts it to the Pittsburgh Steelers <laughs> and then has a, has a lot of success. You, you, we all know the story. You had to go to the bathroom. Um, then, then I'm going to feel better about the prospects of Hollywood Brown. I, I, it feels like this is a, the absolute tipping point with Hollywood Brown because you cannot go out in this game respectfully with Zach Pascal and Rondell Moore as your top two receivers and expect to be competitive. You would need to run the wing T army offense. But if Hollywood Brown goes out there, number two, and can get, I'm not even saying like robust statistics, but playmaking, game-changing entities, first downs, a touchdown, an acrobatic catch, could really help himself. Like I I think this is set up for Hollywood Brown to have a really nice day if he can accomplish it. Now that's asking more, and we're going to talk about who potentially could be covering him, Bo, here in a little bit. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you you got to you got to be able to get open and make plays against the 33-year-old uh cornerback who's going to be potentially covering Hollywood Brown. He didn't get that assignment last time these two te- last time these he was on the field when he placed his former team. Yeah. Uh but yeah, we'll get further and further and deeper into that, but uh just real quick this this chart from Josh Norris of uh of a fantasy site, a betting site. Um Josh Norris here plays this thing out here. Uh, how often quarterbacks throw to open wide receivers in receivers uncharted accuracy? Um, Kyler Murray's not throwing to he's it's the least as far as wide receivers go, they're getting open the least in the NFL. Yeah. Look at Kyler Murray all the way over here on the left. <laughs> you got the X and the Y here. Bad. His accuracy is not bad. I mean, his accuracy is right there nearly with two uh, uh, who's one of the more accurate quarterbacks in the league. Uh, but as far as what two his wide receivers are doing, what Kyle Murray's wide receivers are doing, it's on opposite ends of the of the axis here. Does it surprise anybody? Like everybody who watches the game knows like they can't separate. They can't separate. There's no opportunity to go up and get a 50-50 ball with the lack of size. And the explosiveness that we were promised with this receiving core with Rondell Moore and Hollywood Brown in particular, outside of one deep shot to Rondell Moore, it's just not there. Like it, you can be undersized, be explosive and get chunk yards. We've seen Hollywood Brown do it earlier this year. Last year, when he got off to a hot start, no one is separating right now. And it's a huge detriment. And again, like we, we talked about it, audio only podcast, check it out on our podcast feed. Like it is gutting to watch C, you know, CD lamb and DK Metcalf torch opposing secondaries and put on a show last night in Dallas in Texas stadium. Um, and basically Kyler Murray could have had both of those entities. And he, instead, the ex-GM said, no, we're going to get smaller. We're going to try right. to be a Big 12 offense, West Virginia, Oklahoma style. And it just doesn't translate to the NFL. It's a conversation for a different day. But, like, I look at that and I say, yes, we are justified in our criticism of this receiving core because not everything can be Kyler Murray's fault. If you look at that graph right there and you think Drake May is going to fix the problem <laughs> while simultaneously not getting a Marvin Harrison Jr., Good luck because yeah. you're going to be picking first overall the following year. That's a great point. 
It's a great point to add more context to the struggles of this Arizona Cardinals offense. And of course, looking ahead to the final push of the regular season is our Cardinals beat reporter at PHNX. Go PHNX.com. His latest article is about Anquan Bolden. Quan's chances of making it to Canton. Howard Balzer joins us here on the show. Howard, what's going on, my man? Hey, doing well, guys. Doing well. Glad to be with you here on a couple days before another momentous game for the Arizona (laughs) Cardinals. And one quick note on what you were just saying. If you go back to 2021 and the first eight games of the season, even the loss to Green Bay on that Thursday night, you had DeAndre Hopkins. Was he six foot one? Christian Kirk, not a real tall guy, but still 5'11". I mean, he's not 5'7". And then you even had A.J. Green contributing because of the other guys around him. And he's up there, whatever he was, 6'4", 6'5". So that was a core that could get some things done in combination with the running game. And it's not that you guys have pointed out. I'm sure you've been talking about it over and over. It is what it is. Mm -hmm. And Hollywood Brown, 5'9". I mean, we don't. I don't have to repeat it. Greg Dortch and 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 Rondell Moore, five foot seven. This is their three main guys. I mean, without Michael Wilson, it's just it's almost criminal to a degree. And that for anyone to expect Kyler Murray somehow to rise above this and make plays is just unrealistic. Yeah, it's it's frustrating, Howard. Um, you know, you think about the mismanagement of this roster and. You know, I I probably I made this to to bow off air. I probably overvalued this roster at times this year because they were competitive, and I think that's a testament to John and Gannon and this coaching staff. I do have some concern here, and I I hope that the Rams game wasn't a tipping point with this. That we could be in for a rough couple of weeks here, especially when you consider San Francisco, Philadelphia on the horizon, a very competent Seattle team as we saw last night, and then who knows New Year's Eve day at Chicago, but, you know, is is it fair to judge, in your opinion, Kyler Murray with the state of this roster? Give him eight games with, in my opinion, a bottom third, bottom tier NFL roster and say, hey, go out and be Superman. Go out and be the old Kyler Murray, and then we'll decide after the season if we're going to keep you around. Do you think that's fair? And, and do you think right now with the state of this roster, that can even be accomplished? Well, it can't be accomplished right now. No, I don't think so. And I don't believe it is fair. I mean, the only way to evaluate him in my mind, it's not necessarily the results. It's, you know, how, it, you know, you hear, we hear him talk about it all the time, you know, being comfortable in the offense, getting in and out of the huddle, all those things. I mean, on top of everything, we know, obviously he coming back from, from the injury and spending it. In, I think people sometimes don't understand how different it is in the off season to be rehabbing an injury instead of getting ready to play football. Mm-hmm. And that is a huge, huge difference. And for Kyler Murray, we know it took him into halfway into the season before he was ready to play a game. And it was interesting too, Bo and I were talking about this earlier on Monday, Jonathan Gannon was asked about the connection with Holly, Hollywood Brown it being a little bit off. He says, well, you know, we hope to get that worked out in practice. I mean, that's where practice, that's where you get that done. The guy hasn't practiced now for five days. Yeah. For five days. And so, what um, what's realistic? I'm waiting. I'm waiting for a day, and I've asked the coaches this. I you know the answer you're going to get. I I would love for a coach one t- sometime to come out and say, well, you know what, man, it is difficult when you're when you're mixing and matching and moving guys in and out, whatever position it is, especially on defense and cornerback and all those things. That's difficult in this league. All you have to do is look at the Steelers injury report today, and look at the Cardinals 
and look at the stark difference there is. But the pat answer, I think all these coaches are trained to say this, is, well, you know, all teams have injuries. Well, yeah, all teams have a, a certain degree of them, but they, all, they don't all have them to the same level. And they don't, have, they, don't, they don't all have as many young players as the Cardinals. So go back to your original question. No, I don't think it's fair to judge Kyler based on this and, and the teams you're going against. I mean, heck, what's the next game after this one after the bye? San Francisco. Yeah. And then you get the Eagles and even the Bears when they play them on Christmas Eve. That, that's a pretty good defense. So it, it, it's totally unfair. And I, we haven't even mentioned the offensive line, which isn't going through the decimation that the team went through last year but you still have four guys play left guard. You've got a guy playing center really for the first time in his career for a long period of time. You have a rookie at right tackle as much as we think he's going to be a great player. I mean, th this is what you're dealing with. And, and you're right, Johnny. I mean, it's, it's a bottom tier roster. And we all knew that going in. But I think what happens sometimes is the game comes around. Everybody, okay, maybe they can play well today and all that. And then when it doesn't, everyone has an emotional reaction. Oh, my God, they yeah, couldn't yeah. do this. And, you know, why can't? And Jonathan Gannon talked about being consistent, right? Well, look around the league. Consistency is hard. But it's especially hard with the certain players you have. Because it's not only about winning your one-on-ones or beating the block or doing what you're supposed to or getting into the right run fit. Well, the other team's doing the same thing. And if the other guys are better – Guess what? Most of the time, especially in critical situations, third down or whatever, consistently the other team is going to make the plays more than the Cardinals. So we shouldn't be surprised by what this season has been. And, and I think to a degree what happened against the Falcons kind of raised unrealistically the expectations for Kyler Murray. Oh, look, oh, no one expected him to do what he did. Well, you know, they have four three and outs in that game. It wasn't all, you know, you know, peaches and cream. There, there were some struggles in that game, but they came back at the end and won, and all the, oh, boy, man, this can go, this can go, you know, ascend from here. Well, realistically, that was probably unrealistic. You know, they're on the heels of probably arguably back-to-back -back performances that obviously you wanted more from the offense, but coming off giving up 37 points to the, the Los Angeles Rams as well on the defensive side of the football, you would kind of dig done some digging as far as this Cardinals defensive front versus just even T.J. Watt. And I know that you're going to share some of that in your upcoming article on GoPHNX, but I thought it'd be pretty fascinating to our audience here on PHNX Cardinals. Yeah, well, well T.J. Watt has 13 and a half sacks. The Cardinals outside linebackers, I'm just looking at the same positions. Obviously, Dante Stills has some sacks and Kevin Strong has some. But the Cardinals outside linebackers, they have 16 and a half sacks among all five of them. I'm not counting Jesse Lakeda because he doesn't really play all that much in the rotation. You look at the other numbers with quarterback hits, it's pretty close uh, between the two guys. Tackles for loss, actually, which is in the running game, the Cardinals outside linebackers have actually done a nice job, and that, those numbers are a little bit higher than T.J. Watts. But in that pass rush situation, I mean, he basically um, – he, he basically – he's right there with five different guys. And yeah. so – and we, and we could see it, you know, last week with, with the way the Rams did it on offense. Run the football, quick passes, and th there was very little consistent pressure. Now, it's hard to get consistent pressure in this league because the rules favor the offensive linemen and all those things. But if you don't get some from time to time, then you're, you're going to give up plays. And when you give up those explosive plays, that makes it tough. And I think it's interesting, too, when you talk, you know, Jonathan Gannon was upset with the way the fourth quarter went. Well, Let's go back and look at the end of the third quarter. Five minutes to go. It's still a two-score game. 
albeit 16 points, so you need two touchdowns and two two-point conversions. The offense was actually moving the ball. They were actually moving it. They got into Rams territory, and you're saying, hey, if they can score a touchdown here, heck, even if they miss the two-point conversion, they'll still only be nine down, and you'll have a decent amount of time left. And what happens? They complete a 12-yard pass to Greg Dortch to the 30, and what do you get? Illegally downfield. Now mm-hmm. you have you know, a long situation. They make up some of the yards, and on fourth and six, and it's arguable, go for it maybe, kick a 56-yard field goal. That misses. After that, the Rams have possession at, what, the the 46-yard line. Boom, 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 boom. They go down the field, 54 yards, touchdown, and now it's a 23-point game. And so that changes everything. No way to come back from that. And then they added on another touchdown. So that's what happens a lot of times when you get into these games and, and the offense can't do much of anything. The one number from last week, after that first touchdown, the next four Cardinals possessions that were one was a four and out because they went for it on fourth down. They had 13 plays for 15 yards and took four minutes and 21 seconds off the clock. Yep. And those four possessions. And that's how the, the Rams built their lead. Defense is out in the field a lot. And it's a compromised defense anyway. I mean, look at that. We all talk how much this team needs in the offseason. I mean, we'll debate that for a lot of months. But look at that defensive line. I mean, they're try-hard guys. But yeah. you know, last week they had one player on the defensive line, Jonathan Ledbetter, that played in week one. One guy because of all the guys that they've lost. And he wasn't 100% healthy and had practiced on a limited basis all week with a shoulder injury. So all of these things have, in, the, in some ways, made it even worse than we expected it to be because of the attrition at some at some positions. We were saying, I mean, Bo and I were talking today. I said, I was said, I said who do you think is going to be the starting corners? in this game. <laughs> and it looks like it might be that Devon Wilson, mm-hmm. who they just, they just, they just brought up from the practice squad uh, last week and, and played a bunch of snaps with Marco Wilson now fighting to even get back on the field at all, which yeah. he did last week on defense. So it's, it's unfortunate. The fortunate thing, I guess, guys, is we're not that far away from it all being over and can watch what happens in before. But as we all know, there's so much work to be done with this football team. Uh, a player that could absolutely help them uh, would be one Anquan Bolden. He has long since re- retired. Uh, he kind of jump started the relevancy, I think, of the Arizona Cardinals circuit uh, 2003. He's one of my favorite Cardinals of all time, second rounder out of Florida State, offensive rookie of the year, and somebody I wholeheartedly believe, unbiased opinion, that he should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Went to a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl with Baltimore, carried San Francisco, went to a Super Bowl with the Cardinals. You've got an article right now, gophnx.com, and why do you believe that, yes, he'll get in eventually, but it could be a while for Q uh, in the PF Hall of Fame? I, I believe it because that's what the history is, for the most part, with wide receivers. And you have you have 25 semifinalists now this that were announced this week, and six are wide receivers. Figure that out, the percentage. That's 24.4% of the semifinalists are wide receivers. And then the other interesting number, which – which I have in the story is that the entire 25 guys have a total yeah. of being a semifinalist 91 times, right? Wide receivers have 32 of them. That's 35 over 35%. And there's three guys that are kind of ahead of not only Anquan, but Heinz Ward and gosh, I'm drawing, who's the, um, Torrey Holt? 
Steve Smith Sr., were um, all semifinalists. They've been semifinalists before, haven't made yeah. it to the 15 finalists. Tory Holt, Reggie Wayne, and Andre Johnson are there year after year. Yep. This th- this is Tory Holt's, believe it or not, 10th. He's halfway through his modern-day eligibility. This is his 10th year of eligibility. He's been a semifinalist 10 times now and a finalist four. Reggie Wayne has been a finalist four times and a semifinalist five. And Andre Johnson, I believe, is it's, it's either two or three. And so these are guys who are kind of ahead of the others in the pecking order. And then, and guess what? In two years, guess who we're going to be considering? Larry Fitzgerald. He's yeah. eligible in 2026. And one of the interesting things, when I looked at all the numbers, and it's not only about numbers, but obviously it's a large part of it with wide receivers. When you look at these six guys, and then you put Larry in there as so far ahead of everyone else in terms of overall numbers, because he played a lot more games and more years. But if you break it down by receptions per game, yards per game, touchdowns per game, he's not that you know, he's not ahead of all the other guys in all those categories. It's it's remarkably close. And I have those numbers in the story, but he'll probably be a slam dunk first time eligible. Well, when that, guess what happens? When that happens, any wide receiver that's still hanging around might have to wait again. And so that's what happens with wide receivers. It happened with back, you know, a number of years ago, back in the early, uh, you know, 28, 29, 20, sometime in there with Chris Carter, Andre Reed, and Tim Brown. And it, it took each of them like five, six, seven years yeah. of being a finalist before they finally got in. And so that's what makes it difficult. And we have this discussion every year. We've got to break this log jam in, in, this, in this room. We've got to break this log jam, but it hasn't happened yet. I'm confident it will this year for one of these receivers, which will, may, who knows, maybe two, which could open the door for another one next year. And maybe they'll clear out these three by the time, Fitzgerald comes around, but then there'll be other guys uh, coming in. So it's just a tough, tough position because the numbers are so high now. It's hard to separate them. And the one thing I say to people, you know, this decade, I'm sorry, this century started in 2001 with Lynn Swan getting into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. People are shocked when I tell them that he was a finalist 14 years. Wow before he got into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Part of that was because for a lot of those years, his teammate, John Stallworth, was also a finalist. And so voters are you know, picking one or the other, and neither of them get enough votes to advance, and it makes it tough. And that happened with the three receiver guys last year. When Torrey Holt, when Holt, Wayne, and Andre Johnson each advanced in the first reduction to 10. We vote from 15 to 10 before it goes to five. So all three of them made it to the 10. And I know after the discussion about, hey, we got to get one of these guys in, voters voted for multiple guys to make sure that a few of them moved moved ahead. I don't know that anybody thought all three would, but they did. At first, I thought, oh, this is great. One's going to get in. None of them did. Probably, and then you think about it, some vote for Holt. Nobody probably voted for multiple guys because there's not that many to vote for when you go into five. So some vote for Holt, some vote for Wayne, some vote for Johnson. And guess what? None of them moved to the top five. And that's kind of the nuances of the system that, like I said, frustrating for the guys who are being considered year after year, but it's just a a kind of a strange part of the process that's, again, just the reality of it. 
Tremendous insight from our Cardinals beat reporter, Howard Balzer. Make sure to check out that article right now. Go phnx.com. And, of course, check out his upcoming game preview. It'll drop on Saturday. Go phnx.com and follow him along on Twitter as well. Thanks, Howard. My pleasure, guys. Take care. Have a good rest of the show. Thank you, Howard. Big game this weekend. Bigger game right now with our friends at BetMGM. But I like these odds a little bit more than the Cardinals odds, Bo. Ahead of their battle at Pittsburgh, how about BetMGM 1500 first bet offer? Hello, sign up with that bonus code PHNX. Download the BetMGM Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or check them out. I love pulling up BetMGM, by the way. On my desktop computer, I can see all the spreads, all the props, all the goodness, the holiday goodness, if you will. It's like Christmas morning. Going to BetMGM.com. Sign up and deposit at least 10 bones into your BetMGM Sportsbook account. Place your first wager and receive up to fifteen hundred, not five, not a hundred, but fifteen hundred back in bonus bets. If it loses, if your bet does lose, your bonus bets will be available once your once your bet's wagered. So settle down because once it's settled, you're good to go. Sign up with BetMGM. Use that bonus code PHNX again. Ten is going to get you up to fifteen hundred dollars. Check out the show notes for full details. Now listen to my guy Shane Diefenbach talk about it in the disclaimer. Problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Nevada, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-N-Y or text HOPE-N-Y 467-369-NEW YORK. Call 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts. 21 plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP, Arizona. 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-800-981-0023, Puerto Rico, in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., New York, or Ontario. Trying to keep my hot streak going from last weekend. It was in Fuego. Just uh, just a maestro on the BetMGM Sportsbook okay. right. app. It was it was beautiful. Look look forward to continuing that. Going to check out the latest edition of PHNX Bets to see where the smart money's going for my guy Damon Dog. Also, probably going to take some of that money and throw it towards uh, some new sunglasses over at Shady Rays. I can buy multiple players. I can be the coolest guy on the planet. I can have multiple sunglasses. Do you have multiple sunglasses, Johnny? Of course, probably just I have do. one pair. You probably just have one pair of glasses. You're not no, cool like stop, me. A- stop asking me <laughs> questions, not allowing me to answer, and then answering for me. Yes, I have multiple pairs of shady rays because why okay. would not? Well, I'm I'm glad that you took advantage of of their great deal. Maybe their Black Friday sale, or maybe just the deal that we have going on through PHNX. Go to ShadyRays.com. It's gear built to last. They've got an incredible protection and replacement plan. If you lose, you break your sunglasses. They're going to replace them. No questions asked. Uh, shortly or long after you purchase them. Check out the full product line, ShadyRays.com. That's ShadyRays.com. Utilize that promo code PHNX, and you'll get 50% off two or more pairs of premium polarized shades, shades that 250,000 people have rated five stars online. You guys are five stars. Uh, Keep it at five stars in the chat. Like this video. Let's get to this, to the 200 like mark here on a football Friday you know, Bo and I, we love talking shit to each other. Uh, Pat P <laughs> loves talking shit to the Arizona Cardinals in subtle ways on social media. Patrick Peterson, a once all-time great draft pick, not of Steve Kime, of Rod Graves, 2011 first-round pick, um, multiple Pro Bowls, multiple first-team All-Pros, had a messy divorce and cannot stop talking about the Cardinals, unfortunately, since he left. And uh, he plays for the Pittsburgh Steelers now as a member of their secondary and is having like a quiet, fine year. He's been solid. Um, he took to Instagram, Bo Brock, earlier today 
to throw some subtle shade. Do we have the post Damon dog as it relates to what Pat P threw up there? There it is. I remember when y'all said, uh, let me not go there though. Uh, Sunday dot, dot, dot hashtag P two. Um, Pat then posted some photos of his time in Arizona and like what's Rashad Johnson and you know, the no fly zone. There were great Mm -hmm. memories with Patrick Peterson, but then he said that really disrespectful stuff about Kyler Murray that was factually incorrect and had to walk it back. And it was really uncomfortable last year. You, you can have whatever opinion you want on Patrick Peterson. Here's mine. If no one's asking for it, he's an all time great. He should be in the hall of fame. He's exponentially helped this franchise. They've had not many historically great players. So let's not alienate the one or two or five that they've had. Does he need to stop talking about the Cardinals? Absolutely. But when you and I had a chance to talk to him on Radio World during the Super Bowl last week, last year, most of what at the time it made it seem like his angst with the franchise was Steve Kime. And he told us mm-hmm. that in not so many words. Well, Kime has been fired. He's he's he was he was let go. He was allowed to leave. I, I don't know. Is this a shot at Michael Bidwell's? <laughs> Is this a shot at whomever? I'm confused, Patrick. Can we just let it go? You're on a, a potential playoff team. This that, is these are that's the main thing. Here. Yeah, that's the main thing, right? He continues to sully his, uh, I guess, legacy here in the desert. I mean, where he played at a high level for seven of the eight years that he was a member of the Arizona Cardinals organization. I mean, this was a guy that was a, on a Hall of Fame trajectory. I'd be interested to see, you know, where he lands. If, if I'm, I'm sure he'll probably end up in Canton at some point. But, he, I mean, he was an unbelievable player, one of the top corners in the league. He was paid handsomely his first deal after his rookie contract. Fifth overall selection, electric in the punt return game. I remember his first season. It was unbelievable. Some of the best moments watching this team were when Patrick Peterson, P2, was making plays on, on the playing field. But after we talked to him at Radio Row at the Super Bowl, it seemed like once Kime exited this organization unceremoniously that he was willing to kind of – uh, move forward. And then, you know, once the opportunity came back up, Petty Patrick Peterson came right back and, and stayed Petty, right? Yeah. He, I mean, he put a bunch of pictures of him in a Cardinals uniform, and that was that was like the best part of his pose. It's, I mean, put it back up there. I mean, why not saying like, uh, had a lot of good times in this uniform, but instead it's like, I remember when you all said, let me not go there. And it's in an edited. Who's he talking about? Yeah. Is he, is he talking to the fan base, the fan base that appreciated him? Uh, you know, his entire tenure here, even through a trade request, uh, when, when t- the first time times got tough, he said, I want the first ticket out of here. And instead of being, you know, the leader that he, he, you know, was portraying himself to be that he wasn't right. He wanted to be the next face of this franchise. But as soon as times got tough, he said, uh, hey, agent, get me out of here. I want to I want to trade. I don't like what's going well, on here. Let's be Find fair. Adversity. Let's be fair. Buda Baker did the same thing this offseason. But instead of Steve Keim botching the whole situation, he had a grown up general manager that they were able to come to some even ground. Right. And he could continue his career here. So. I, I, that was not fun. And I, supposedly Philadelphia had offered a first for the Cardinals and kind balked at that. Cause he's an idiot. And it was just <laughs> a complete and utter disaster. They were offering right. like a one at the trade. Well, deadline. It was a pissing contest. It yeah. was a pissing contest. It was, it, he didn't want to have to give up any ground. And it was, it was just a power play from, you know, the, the Cardinals decision makers at the time to the player. And, you know, it was just a, it was an absolute just pissing contest. And it, it, unfortunately it continues to linger, even though the Cardinals have moved off of, 
you know, the 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 guy that he told us at Radio Row, he that was the, the biggest problem. So and it's like if you go back to that time, like if, if there's if the problems they stretch further than time and they go up to ownership to Michael Bidwell. Which Remember Bidwell cool. went out to lunch with Patrick Peterson to, to squash all that. Now, I don't know if he made him pay or not. You can make your jokes now. <laughs> but, I mean, I don't know. Like, he, he made Patrick Peterson at the time the highest paid cornerback. And then when the guy hit 30, and this was post-trade requests and, you know, several social media cryptic posts, that they just parted ways and then one person is to to kind of paraphrase or quote our GM Saul Bookman. It, it is just very reminiscent of a salty X. It really yeah. is, and just can't get over it. Well, and I think I, I I'm guessing he probably holds some animosity. He hit free agency and did not have a lot of takers. He signed he signed a series of one year contracts with the Vikings twice, and now with the Steelers. Does he feel like the Cardinals like blew up his market? I think his own tape did that. But uh, listen, at the end of the day, three-time first-team All-Pro, eight-time Pro Bowler. He's on the All-Decade team. He's got 35 interceptions. I hate when we have to have conversations about he's a Cardinal great. He's one of the five best players to wear this uniform in the last 20 years. And I hate that there's a stigma between now he and the fan base where they don't like each other. Like, uh, again, you want to have issues with ownership? who's never won a Super Bowl, have at it, right? But, like, I'm about what did the player do for the franchise when they were on the field? And for 95% of the time, he was fucking elite. He helped this franchise. Like, this this franchise right now, they're missing Patrick peterson S type of players. They are starved. Maybe the worst than they've been in 30 years for elite, upper-tier talent. Mm-hmm. And that's what he represented. He represented greatness for a long time. And I, I just... I wish that we could get past this point. And I posted this on Twitter and people disagree. Everybody have their own opinion. That doesn't mean it's right or wrong that we could just get to a point where it's just like, let's appreciate what he did. He's very much still immature in his feels in his early thirties, which is unfortunate. You would think by now it's like, come on, man, you've, you've moved on. You're on your your third team. It's over. The Cardinals made you the highest paid cornerback. As you mentioned, the NFL, you were a top five draft pick. Like you were given all of the accolades, all of the success, all the glory. Like, I love the story Britton Golden told me last weekend when we were at Gila River Resorts and Casinos watching the game and talking about Pat P. He said, B.A. would have practiced 20 different pa- plays in a package for Patrick Peterson offensively. Like, not only was he their number one defensive player, he got reps offensively. We, we forget about that, but they mm-hmm. were using him at wideout. He would throw the ball. He was a spectacle. He made people want to come out to State Farm Stadium. We don't have enough of those guys right now. So it, it does pain me to see Cardinal on Cardinal crime because he is a Cardinal. He's not a fucking Viking. He's not a Stealer. You know, a right. hundred-year-old cornerback. He's an Arizona Cardinal. If he gets into the Hall of Fame, he will be an Arizona Cardinal. And there are not enough representation of this franchise, St. Louis, Chicago, Arizona, or otherwise, in the P Pro Football Hall of Fame. So I just I hate that this this is the thing, but. Right. I also think it was manipulated by executives and ownership too. Like it takes Sounds two familiar. to tango. Like I'm going to tell you right <laughs> now, if somebody, like I, I, I wish the Cardinals were able to, because of the who's the player we just talked about with um, Howard Balzer, Anquan Bolden, who mm-hmm. unceremoniously left this franchise on bad terms. This that's a that's a problem with this franchise that they don't know how to treat stars, even aging stars. On their way out, it's why I think Monty Austin for at the end of the day was Zach Ertz. Like, I don't the game check notwithstanding, like that looked really classy, and they took care of Zach Ertz. He's going to go sign with a contender. Like, that's how you do it. 
So hopefully this is an example, a continued example of whether it's Anquan Bolden or Patrick Peterson or whomever, Carlos Dansby or Darnell Dockett, you got to take care of these guys, right? So that when they go to the other franchises that they're not talking shit about this franchise and people want to come play here. But what did Zach Ertz do in his situation that that is so fresh, right? Very, very respectful. Took was very respectful. He said, hey, I'd like to go play, move on, play for a contender. Right. I request my release. And they said, okay, we'll release you if if you agree to do this. And there was a back and forth. You remember with Patrick Peterson, he was like, you need to pay me what I think I need to be paid. Don't keep in mind, you know, what what's the best business move for your organization, right. a 30-year-old cornerback. You're not going to get a multi-year deal with a ton of guaranteed dollars on top of that. Him right. and, and Tyron Matthew, they just I they they think that respect is a one-way street. And it has it's a two-way street. And you know, there was there was no there was no uh, you know mutual, you know, par- parties working together here. There was there there were two separate parties that weren't working together. And and that's unfortunate. And I'll tell you this, as far as Sunday goes, it, because Patrick Peterson and, and I'll continue to give him his flowers before I maybe shade him a little bit. I, I think that is he was one of four cornerbacks at the time in his peak in his prime where in the discussion for top corners, right? It was it was uh Darrell Revis, it was Richard Sherman who many people say was a, a system corner and Ron, then Joe Hayden yeah. for a very short time. And then yeah. there was Patrick Peterson. And to your point about how they utilized him, even beyond the defensive side of the football, they had gadget plays in there. He had the flash. He had the pizzazz. Like he was one of the more flashier corners, like dating back, like they, the NFL hadn't he was seen like that. Prime time prime. That's who he emulated. Yes, exactly. Like Those other Sanders guys played life. well. They were defenders. They, they shut down their guys. But but P two had the flash and and like Cardinals haven't had a lot of that at all. Like they had the, the lunch pail guy in Aeneas. Aeneas was great. He was he's a Hall of Famer. But did he, he didn't play like with the flash that that P two did. They don't have Tyron Matthew if it's not for Patrick Peterson. Right. Unequivocally, you cannot. They don't draft Tyron Matthew, who, as folks pointed out in the chat, had it had a bad breakup with the Cardinals as well. Like I, no one's without fault here. And I it it just I hate that this is a thing where we have to pit the fans because the Cardinals are guilty of this. Their their behavior behind the scenes allows the players to get emotional, and then you pit the fans against the players trying to back the franchise and the team, which we all love this franchise. We want it to do well, but that's a that's a really shitty thing to do. It's like, yeah, our fans are gonna get after Patrick Peterson now because he you know, he, he demanded a trade. That's going to make us look good, right? <laughs> Tyron Matthew, they cut him. Let's. It's just yeah. like, no, no, no. If the Cardinals were a more button-up franchise, for the most part, you'd have an anomaly once every 10 to 15 years. It wouldn't be a routine thing. And it, it's right. a routine thing with star players. Look how they treated Kyler Murray in the contract situation. Does the Pittsburgh Do the Pittsburgh Steelers do that? The team that they're playing on Sunday? No. Mike Tomlin would never allow that to happen. Right. Do the Packers do that? Once upon a time, would the Patriots do that? Like, the Cardinals have trouble outside of Larry Fitzgerald dealing with star players. They don't know how to handle them. They don't know how to magnify them. Sometimes they feel bigger than the franchise itself. Kyler Murray certainly felt they like that. He's the biggest player that the franchise had when he got here. Right. They did not. But now I feel like that is changing. That is, I agree. Gannon and Monty Osifort, and there's there's already examples of that from, from Buda Baker, his trade requests earlier in the offseason. Yep. 
it probably helps that Buddha and the head coach and the GM all have the same representation. That probably plays into it. But at the same time, like with with Zach Ertz and, and some of the other people that that have made their way and exited Arizona, it's on better terms uh, than, than previous. And here's what I hope. And I'm already seeing a little bit in the chat. Like, get a guy like I don't think it's going to come via like Greg Dorch mossing Patrick Peterson, but get this man in space with Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson can't tackle anybody. He's actually missing tackles at a career high rate, which you would have thought is impossible. He's missing 20% of his tackles this season. Put Greg Dortch, Rondell Moore, James Conner, put them in open field with P2 as the only person standing between them in a big explosive play, and you're going to love it. I mean, that that's what I want to see on Sunday. I mean, he's, he's 32 years old. Is this it for him? 33. He's let's, his PFF grade this year is 60, which is probably a little higher than I thought. He's got one interception. He had a great year last year. I can't he deny did. that. I think yeah, he, he, he had a, a resurgence, but then it, it's like AJ green, right? AJ green had a little bit of a resurgence. And then father time was like, Oh, didn't I thought I, that guy's washed. He's back. You're washed again. Like you're 33. It's time that you just don't, you don't come back and consistently produce like he did. And he was in a good position last year, I think, with that defense in Minnesota. Yeah, well said, Bo Brock. That the, the Cardinals are well better equipped now to handle big personality star players because they have grown-ups running their franchise in in the football department. Brian, two-dollar super chat, friend of the program. Pat Pete can't tackle his problems or his running backs, he creates his own problems. Like the, all the stuff he manufactures with his cousin, who was a huge bust for the Cardinals and Brian McFadden, one of the worst cornerbacks they've ever had, the stark opposite in Pat P. They get on their bot podcast and they create narratives and they try to stay relevant. And I, I appreciate the hustle, but Pat P's still getting those game checks. I don't know why he's, he's messing with that, at least right now. Austin mm-hmm. Mayer, 499 Super Chat. Are there any jerseys I can even buy as a gift this Christmas? This is a great mm-hmm. question. Or is it too early to risk it with this squad? Should I wait till next year? My son went to a game, the Atlanta game. He's like, I'm going to get a Hollywood Brown jersey. And I'm like, maybe wait on that. He's like, no, no, no. I want a Hollywood Brown jersey. I'm like, all right, do your thing. And he's repping his Hollywood Brown jersey. And I'm just like, is that going to be an irrelevant uh, jersey here in the Valley in the next three to six months? I hope not for the sake of him. But one jersey, 85 is a safe jersey. 85 feels like stalwart in this offense. Will he make a bunch of all pros in Trey McBride? I don't know. But he's a focal point in an offense that wants to use a tight end. Like, he's going to have over 700 yards this year, 900 yards, 1,000 yards next year, assuming Kyler Murray's his quarterback. I think 85 is safe for you, Austin. Yeah, in Buddha. And yeah. I don't know if you want to rep a big old offensive line number, but Paris Johnson Jr., the big old 7-0. Um, I mean, th- those are about it. It, it really is. I mean, Jalen Thompson will be on this team next year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Jalen Thompson playing at a very high level. I mean, Garrett Williams would probably be a decent one. I mean, you could, but you, the number two jersey very likely Johnny could have saved a lot of money if he waited. You could find it at TJ Maxx for nineteen ninety nine oh, next do year. Oh, do <laughs> oh, come on, those 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 jerseys, especially at the stadium, the markup is uh, it's incredible. I'll tell you what else is incredible: the prices with our friends at Game Time. Hello, twenty dollars off your first purchase. First of all. Your ticket might damn well be $20 for the Arizona Cardinals next home game. You want to go? Go with our friends at game time. $20 off first purchase 
with the promo code PHNX. We got cards, Niners, we got Suns games in full effect. Those are a little pricier. So dabble with game time because they're going to save you the most. And on top of football, basketball, maybe some spring training action. How about some concerts you want to go? How about college hoops? Whatever you want to do, do it with game time. It's the last place. It's the first place, I'm sorry, that you want to look for last-minute ticket deals. It is the fastest-growing ticket app in the country. I don't buy my tickets anywhere else. Full transparency. Um, parking passes, game time, events, concerts, whatever I do, I do it for my family, my kids, my parents, my in-laws. Everybody's got game time. The egregious fees, they're not going to be there. The convenience, they they mix and match. They It's it's like they have flash deals that they go in really quick, so you can grab those, run with those. But what you got to do is you got to download the game time app, create an account, use the promo code PHNX. You're going to get 20 bucks off right away. No questions asked. Terms and conditions apply. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, Bo. It was a very sobering moment for a lot of us who woke up and realized that the calendar, well, it switched to December. You have 24 shopping days until Christmas, friends. If you are procrastinating like myself, I'm going to get you a $1 scratcher from the Arizona lottery. That's actually what everybody (laughs) on my my gift buying list is going to get. I'm going to Arizona lottery because it's, you think, Hey, what are you doing? I mean, you're you're not breaking the bank, obviously being a little frugal with your, with your gifts. No, I'm giving the perfect gift for everyone on my holiday list this season. I'm buying a stack of scratchers to hand out to all of the people I love and my friends, my family, holiday scratchers from Arizona Lottery make last-minute shopping easy and then the perfect gift. There's a scratcher for everyone on your list. Scratchers for just one buck. Top prizes up to $500,000. You got to play to win, of course. Go out, buy your holiday scratchers today. The perfect stocking stuffers, white elephant gift, whatever it may be. And if you got them at a holiday party, people are going to have a blasty blast filling these out. Look, Damon dog just gave me my own scratcher here. I'm going to take it live on air. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I, uh, I've actually got a quarter here. Okay. uh, Instead of some like piece of a machine that fell off. (laughs) Uh, so this is actually way more efficient. I'm just burning through this scratcher and you will too. That's the thing about this. Like you can just, you go spend like 10 bucks on a couple scratchers and you got your evening, your afternoon figured out. You're just churning through these things. Uh, hopefully like Kyler Murray, just dealing on Sunday, dropping dimes and dots all over the field. Uh, I don't know what the rules of this one are. Hopefully I'm a big fat winner. If I am, I'm going to share it with the entire crew. We just need to see that, uh, that present. If there's a present, yeah, and a dollar amount, it's a winner. Yeah, I don't, I don't. It doesn't look like I got anything. It looks like I got shut out again. Yep, it's not good, folks. But you know, I felt alive the entire time, and you can't put a price on that. You can't put a price it means on that. There's more winners for everybody else. Yeah. That means I don't know what I like doing more watching you do that on air or I, I you know what I appreciate now I've done this twice three times and you just go completely silent so I'm just I'm carrying the load as far as describing it's what's so, going on it's so riveting it's like watching uh Drew Petzing call plays 45 dropbacks against uh the uh LA Rams last week and that's what I would equate to what I just watched with that but hopefully this you know hopefully your next one's better yeah just like hopefully this Sunday's better for the Arizona Cardinals because again we we can't bat zero. We're gonna we're at some point we're gonna get on base here. And this franchise is gonna get back on track. It's game prediction time, Bo Brock. And again, times are tough. 
you and and Britton and I even think Damon Dog were on the Arizona Cardinals last weekend to beat the LA Rams. Does anybody have the goal, the stomach to say the Cardinals are going to go into Pittsburgh this weekend and get a dub? I will defer to my scratch off king co-host, Mr. <laughs> Bo Brock. What do you like on Sunday for uh, this franchise that has no players at receiver? What do you got for me? Yeah, it's, look, it they they're down tremendous at the playmaker spot, right? It's it's good. It's good news that Trey McBride said he's good to go, and it's not great that Hollywood Brown doesn't practice all week. As Howard Balzer mentioned, he's missed five consecutive practices. He's not in rhythm with his quarterback. So to expect, you know, him to be good to go come Sunday, um, well, and, and then just kind of get that rapport back, it's it's a bit naive, I believe, to to, to think that. But the the idea that the Cardinals can't get back on track offensively just solely based on Hollywood Brown struggling and slumping and not 100% physically, I think that's also ridiculous because I think that there is one path to success for the Arizona Cardinals, and it's going to be on the ground, right? And I'm not going to get to my predictions. This is going to be me pleading to Drew Petzing as this wow. this really like – I, I, I'm as, as casual as it comes as far as knowing the X's and O's and the schematics. And for me to tell Drew Petzing what to do as an offensive play caller, it's ridiculous, right? But run the football. Like there's, there's no other time during this season that it's setting up for the Arizona Cardinals to just go and establish the run. Just run it. All the elements are there, Johnny. James Conner, his homecoming. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I mean, it seems that you when you think of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, you think of running the football. You don't think of the forward pass, inclement weather, stout pass rush, TJ Watt, get under center, hand the football off. It's the home of the terrible towel. It's the home of Renegade. It's where you run the football. Don't fuck around any longer. Run it. And James Conner returning to where it all started, Western PA, went to Pitt, started Pitt, dominated for the Panthers, beat Cancer's ass. He's having that homecoming. He's obviously not uh, had a heavy workload recently. How many carries did he have last week? Six. Six. Yeah. He's going to be fresh. Run it. It's the home of Jerome Bettis, the bus. Run the football. Don't disrespect the bus. Go in there and establish the run. Don't throw it 45 times. No. Run the football. Get Patrick Peterson out in, in space. Run him over. Do your best bus impression right there. Cards receivers can't get open. We proved that earlier. Run the football. That's all I'm asking. Is it is that too much to ask? Oh, no. Breaking news. It's not the bus. It's Drew Petzing in his Prius. Let's get to my <laughs> prediction here. The Arizona Cardinals at Pittsburgh. I like your I like your take. I, in all seriousness, I think I think the Cardinals are going to be competitive if they're going to remain in this game one possession two possessions got to be behind James Conner ball <laughs> I do think that they they fall in this one 24 10 however I will play devil's advocate for a second it, I this team right now has nothing to lose like I, so we could see I think more fake punts trick plays I also think that you can't get away from the run game even if you're down multiple scores because I think it's bigger than just this game alone Bo. we talked about it at nauseum this week you can't expose Kyler Murray to hero ball with undersized receiver, undersized receivers that can't separate. Like I, if this is, if it's seventeen nothing, I think you have to stay consistent with a ground attack. Plus, you've got an opportunity with baby hands, Kenny Pickett, to take the football away. This is the same unit for the most part 
They intercepted C.J. Stroud three times, twice in the red zone, twice in the second half, shut out Houston two weeks ago. Like, let's say the defense plays an average to above average game. That's going to keep you in this game, is it not? So I, I think you cannot allow Pittsburgh to have a short field. And the best way to do that is to run the football and punt the football. Like, this this is a game where I, I don't care if this team punts 10 times. But I, well, here's what I don't want to see. Kyler Murray on the ground. I don't want to see Kyler Murray being susceptible to pressure. I don't want to see turnovers, interceptions, fumbled football. If it's ugly and you run the ball twice and you have an incomplete pass, punt the football. I that, So I, I'm with you. Like, I, I think they can remain competitive and keep it close with the run game and with their defense. Like, you, you can, Kyler Murray's not on this prediction list this week because I, I think you can remain competitive without Kyler Murray being a superstar this week. This team was losing to Joe Burrow's backup last week at times. Like, the Steelers are built to win games ugly. They have what, like a negative point differential on the year? They, they've been outgained in every game this year offensively. Like, let's, let's see it. Garrett Williams, 21. I did this kind of honoring Patrick Peterson. There's a new number 21 in town rocking the, the red and white. It's been a really good rookie. Third rounder out of Syracuse. Let's see what he does. He's got to get physical with George Pickens and company, especially with the Cardinals missing a couple corners. And then how about this for an X factor? Michael Carter looked pretty good in space last week. Let's run a two-back system this week. Let's let's have Michael Carter and James Conner combine for 40 carries and let the chips fall where they may. And you want to let Kyler Murray do some RPOs? I don't want Kyler Murray to have more than 25 attempts in this game. I think if that happens, it's a fireball offense for Drew Petzing, for better or worse. Michael <laughs> Carter is a viable, capable RB2 in the NFL. Yeah. He looked good last week. If, if you lose this game... But you're you're running the football and you're you're playing ground and pound field you know field possession control whatever you want to call it I'm okay with that I'm never going to be okay with losses but I this game is big if you get Kyler Murray hurt in this game I will never forgive this franchise because the field conditions are going to be terrible this is the number one defense in the NFL the Cardinals are incredibly limited as we've seen a wide receiver be smart let's can we be smart please. I love it. I love your predictions. You've got Garrett Williams sandwiched in there between two running backs there. So you're obviously like me calling for them to run the football. And, and yeah. Michael Carter looks pretty, pretty amazing. And the all black, let's say that again. Let's see Johnny's graphic real quick. I mean, is he have like a limousine tent visor? That thing is dark. Look at that thing. Screens. And that looks badass. That's Can just cool. Like, did anybody see the end around that they ran with CeeDee Lamb to, to ice the game for the Dallas Cowboys last night? Do that with Michael Carter. People you could well, line yeah. him up a receiver. If you do, if you do that wide. with Hollywood Brown or Rondell Moore, though, people are going to light your ass up. Well, we, well, we know why. Yourself. It's a, a negative five-yard play. <laughs> I like your predictions. I don't like, you know, the final score. I mean, hopefully it's closer than that, that uh, indicates. I hope so, too. I've got a little closer actual score in my prediction. Let's okay. take a look at mine. Uh, Johnny, he, he was being gracious. He, he said I could go first, and then he didn't let me go first. But then you were yelling at me and using the F word. So now <laughs> you're I get the Cardinals a little closer. They lose by two on the okay. road in a just uh, all-out throwdown brawl. Uh, 17-15, ugly game. But I think if the Cardinals are going to win, like I, I, if, if they can establish a run, you can set up Kyler Murray for success. And Kyler Murray, with with the threat of James Conner being back there running the football, you know, I think that it's going to help with these receivers' lack of ability to get open. 
and Kyler Murray is accurate enough to hit them uh, with with plenty of space. If you can get, you face some maybe some stack boxes because the Arizona Cardinals are running the football uh, so much early on, that's just going to be- benefit Kyler Murray, who's trying to you know get his bearings, continue to get his bearings in this offense. Uh, as far as defense, this was tough for me to try to figure out you know who the defensive star was going to be, but it's going to take you know, your, your edge rushers to have a bounce back game. And I was thinking, you know, who's going to do it. I haven't heard much from Zayvon Collins. Haven't heard much uh, outside of BJ Ojolari. Definitely haven't heard much from this guy, Dennis Gardak. I think what he can do as far as in the pass rush game and in the run game, I think that he can help slow down Najee Harris and what they're trying to do uh, under new interim OC Eddie Faulkner, like Dennis Gardeck to kind of have his name called a couple times for the first time in a couple weeks. And then my X factor is my guy, Greg Dortch. And they just think Greg Dortch is going to get the opportunities on the offense side of the ball. And then of course, like in a, in a slug fest like this, a special teams can uh, play can swing it. And uh, Greg Dortch has the ability to do that. I'll make a prediction right now that I feel very confident in. Kyler Murray leads this team to victory on Sunday. He will unequivocally be their quarterback of the future in 2024. I'm willing to go out on the limb and and say that. Now, he he very well could be anyway. Kyler Murray goes into Pittsburgh and beats the Steelers, orchestrates a good offensive day, limited, you know, pass catchers, undermanned roster. He puts together an efficient day and he beats the Steelers on the road. That's it. He's your quarterback. Are we discounting Mike Tomlin? Like, I felt like, at least in my case, I discounted the head coaching uh, clash last week. And Sean he is a, He's a tremendous coach as an underdog, and they're a pretty robust favorite this week. I think this is a game that I don't want to say that they could look over, but, I mean, like, people look over the Cardinals all, all year. The, yeah. the, I feel like the Niners did. It would be uncharacteristic of a Mike Tomlin coach Steelers team in December because the calendars flipped today to lose a game to a two and 10 squad. I think your Trump card, your ace in the hole is you have a superior quarterback and they have Kenny Pickett that, that, I mean, if you win this game, it's going to be because Kenny Pickett doesn't make enough plays and Kyler Murray makes more plays than Kenny Pickett. I, there's no scenario in which like if Kyler Murray plays poorly, like I don't, the Cardinals can't win this game. Whereas if Kenny Pickett plays poorly, the, the Steelers can still win. That's that's the difference in the teams. I don't think we're just, dis- I mean, this. I think a lot of people feel like the Steelers team is grossly overrated anyway. Given they are. The, They're the fraudulent. But at the yeah. same time, like they have enough on the defensive side of the football. Uh, and I think they have enough offensive weapon. If, if you can get Kenny Pickett to unravel if you can just game wreck what he's trying to do from the quarterback position you know we've seen that a a bad quarterback play regardless of the status of your roster can lose you a football game absolutely and here's the thing cardinals play in a division with three elite head coaches so like the head coach thing they should have beat seattle in seattle they lost 20 to 10 because they couldn't score points like they they have made plenty of offenses i think look bad it's really it comes down to can the cardinals limit their turnovers can they play field position? Can they get a couple big plays off Kenny Pickett? Can Matt Prater make a couple key field goals? And can James Conner and Trey McBride break a couple? Like, that's your recipe for success this weekend. But, again, you can't, if it's not going well, you cannot panic and say, well, we got to go shotgun and throw the ball over the place. Because, mm-hmm. number one, this environment doesn't support that anyway. And number two is, when has that worked for you already, Drew Petzing? It doesn't work. You, ha- you have to go away, as you've mentioned all week, Bo, from what's not working. 
And we got a full-fledged blueprint of that last weekend. Do the opposite of that. Because the Steelers' front seven is way better than the Rams' front seven. And they ate you alive last week. There's a ton of confidence from Jonathan Gannon for Drew Petzing. But I think I agree. It, it wavered a bit. Maybe, maybe not his confidence, but Jonathan Gannon, just like everybody else, saw what happened last week. They yeah. saw the opening drive and then how different it was than the rest of the game. And in the post-game presser, he said, got to find a rhythm. We got to find some balance offensively. Can't be having all those three and outs. And I think Drew Petzing, it wasn't say, I wouldn't say he was flying under the radar before, but he has Jonathan Gannon's attention. And if it happens again, where it's uh, as uneven as, as it was as far as pass to rush, um, even if they're down, like I think that Nick Rollis has shown that his group can get the stops um, and, and, you know, sometimes it's not as consistent as you want, but they'll get some stops. And if you just kind of crap it away by going three and out and continuing to put his defense back on the field, like Jonathan Gannon is not going to be happy. And, and he's going to, you know, Drew Petzing is, is, is not going to be, you know, this untouchable guy as far as, you know, his, his ability to just game plan, how he wants the game plan. It's, he's going to get, probably some some helpful hints from his head coach if he does it again yeah i mean you could be grading on a curve based on talent level but very few people would argue the cardinal defense has outperformed the offense this year given the expectations the talent level they just they just have and again it just shows you the offense is so predicated on quality quarterback play uh topic 64 back-to-back super chats dollar 99 predictions i mean i i would love to sit here and say topic 64 they're going to get a dub I've had my heart broken a couple straight weeks. I would just say let's let's keep it interesting in the second half. I'd love to be sitting with everybody at BetMGM, the watch party of the year this Sunday, and have it be a one possession game with the ball in, in K1's hand. Top yeah. of 64, another super chat, dollar ninety-nine. Bo, didn't the Cardinals get a six four receiver from Minnesota? Yeah, they got uh the Enchenzia. Uh he's more of a special teamer. Uh I just don't know you know, where, where he stands as far as getting up to speed in this offense. Obviously he has some, um, I think he spent some time with Petsing during his Viking days. I mean, he dates back to 2020 um, in 2021 there. So, you know, there, there's maybe some familiarity there, but it's, it's also, this is a guy that is in his NFL career hasn't played uh, really any offensive snaps. I think he's, he's played 11, true offensive snaps in a game. So he might have the size that they lack in, in that position, but it doesn't mean he's, he's a better option. So um, yeah, I don't, I don't think that that's going to be a play this week. Uh, a, a better option compared to what you might be used to is our stuff, our goodness, our writers at gophnx.com. Howard Balzer, again, plug in his article earlier today, Anquan Bolden, could be a long wait for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. You would hate to see that. We would love to see all of you become a diehard. Every single year, you're a diehard with us. Free hat and or shirt for free. It's not a one-off. It's every year. You re-up your diehard membership, which, by the way, gets you exclusive access to the member Discord. Chat it up with myself, Bo Brock. Become a part of our Discord Fantasy Football League that's in full effect right now. I've reached my way back to 500. Respectability. <laughs> I would say, and then also get 20% off the merchandise locker. I think you get free shipping. I know you get 100% of the articles at gophnx.com for free. Diehard memberships, the hottest Christmas item here, this side of the valley. 
You love to see it, Bull Brock. We'll get uh, to Mike's question about Michael Wilson here in a second, but I want to tell our friends about our friends at Hero Bread. So many friends, friends, friends on friends. Uh, but Hero Bread, it's got uh, everything that you're looking for from sliced breads to buns to tortillas available at hero.co and also amazon.com. It's as simple as just perusing Amazon, picking out the tortilla, the bread that you want that's going to be a better option than I'm sure you already have in your kitchen right now taste it's it's tough to beat what hero produces as far as taste and then of course you take into consideration fewer calories and than the leading national bread and it's got five to ten grams of protein no more empty calories you're now getting some protein packed into your sandwich or your taco or your wrap whatever you're using the tortilla for check out what's going on at hero.co save 10 percent today with the code phnx hero bread hero.co Again, quick plug for BetMGM this weekend, but as Didi in the chat says, Michael Wilson injury is a red flag. I think anytime a player that was hurt at the collegiate level that misses time in his rookie year, I thought we were going to get through the, the the first full year without him being hurt. This is his fourth game missed. Do you think he's back after the bye, Bobrock? Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm sure they're just being extra cautious going into this weekend with the bye after this. Uh, Mike saying and asking the same thing. What are our thoughts on Wilson already being injury reports? Hated the pick because of the injury history. Loved him when he's on the field. You just can't count on him. Sure. I mean, it continues to show that trend, but it is different injuries, right? Like his shoulder injury, like he had break last year i believe it was a collarbone and i think he had an ankle injury but nothing to do with like his his soft tissue or his ligaments or anything like that so that continues to be kind of the silver lining for michael wilson but still like if if you're in the training room and you're not on the field that's a problem and i think listen they've been extra precautious with injuries to key players that are going to be part of their future they they took immense caution with bringing back Garrett Williams, like these rookies and Kyler Murray, like they don't mess with. And so if, if I, you know, if this is a playoff game, maybe he plays, I think we just, you have to have renewed expectations, but it also kind of underscores our point for this entire week. Like the receiving room needs or needs a facelift this off season. He's going to be a part of that, whether it's wide receiver two or three or whatever it is, he's got a role to play. And I think, listen, he's got an opportunity to get his body right in the off season, go through the strength and conditioning program with the Cardinals, go through an entire NFL off season. He, he will be better. And I, I think he's got a chance to really have a, a nice finish to the season with four games left against premium competition. But, but you're right. You hate to see him miss games, especially in games like this week and last week that they could, they could potentially win if he plays uh, Mike Kafka back again, $5. Thank you so much. Monty told Dobbs, if he tanks against the bears, he would sign Dobbs as a backup to Murray. Wink, wink. Uh, I, you know, the Dob father, how many more wins does he have left in his bag of Man. tricks with the Vikings this year, Bo? I mean, he threw four picks and I saw somebody put out the stat. It's the first time he's thrown four picks collegiately or at the NFL level, but he's like, it's not exactly, he doesn't take care of the football. He fumbles the ball all the time. It, it's going to, it's times are tough for the Vikings going forward. I think like his Lynn sanity moment is probably over. The fact that even after his, the first time he struggles, O'Connell's like, ah, eh, we'll see what happens at what we'll do at the quarterback position going forward. He's already looking for alternatives to, to Joshua Dobbs. So it's uh, it's going to have to improve quickly. I mean, he, he's shown the ability to turn the page, but you know what you're going to get with Joshua Dobbs, and I think Vikings fans now realize that. Nobody better look for an alternative to this podcast because this is your premier Arizona Cardinal podcast. Like this video, the entire gang is back together this weekend. 
BetMGM Sportsbook at the Great Lawn at State Farm Stadium. Myself, Bob Brock, Damon Dog, Britton Golden, and more. We're going to have a banner time. It's an early game. Bring your jammy jams, as I would say. Have some fun. Great food, beverages. If you're 21 and up, dabble with a little gambling action. Hard copy. You love to see that. Cardinals don't play at State Farm Stadium. We're going to be playing, playing around, hopefully having a great time getting a dub. But in the meantime, like and subscribe, Bo. Leave us a five-star review. We would greatly appreciate it. No doubt about it. Everybody have a good Friday and Saturday. We'll talk to you on Sunday morning.